Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Welcome one final time mm. to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Survivor and Big Brother and cake and eating it too. Mm. Bruce Bogtrotter in the house. Who? <laughs> the guy from Matilda who has to eat the huge chocolate cake. I never watched Matilda. I'm, uh, I'm, not a Matilda. I'm not in the Matilda cinematic universe. Okay. Well, he eats a big chocolate cake. Does he have the best time ever? N- yeah, he does actually. Does he get diabetes <laughs> at the end? Um, I, well, he, he does it sort of like as a punishment, but then all the kids are cheering him on. So then it's like cool to eat a big chocolate cake. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Survivor ended on Wednesday night and here we are on Friday. I know. We just couldn't wait. We had to do our finale podcast today. Well, it's a three-day weekend here in America and a four-day weekend for some other people. Yeah. That somewhat include myself. And Jeff Probst. <laughs> Jeff Probst is it's always He's a off. vacation when you're Jeff Probst. <laughs> Even when you're working. He's like, I'm so, in Fiji. I'm just telling you to come hour. out here to the, the island and, you know, faint. Just not eat enough food so that you faint. Yeah. Daniel, what did you think of the finale? I thought it was pretty good. I I honestly, I'm sort of like... Heidi was robbed. <laughs> Interesting. I um, mean, in a way, but I think she just never. She, she was so, so bold for doing what she did. And I think she would have been a very deserving winner. Yeah. I thought it was a star making moment. Like I was so I honestly thought going into this episode, I was like, OK, if any of the three Tika people win, Carson, Carolyn, or Jam Jam, I'll be satisfied. I don't care about the other two, really. But then as the episode went on, I thought, and she won the final immunity and did the fire and won the fire and had the fastest fire time in all of Survivor. I was like, this is a great story. And Survivor does often reward the story. And I actually thought hers, as of the finale, was the strongest. I am reminded Mm. of last year's or last season's finale. Mike Garbler? Yeah. (laughs) I felt somewhat differently in that I just thought this was like, I just thought that this was Carolyn. I just thought it was Carolyn. Oh, yeah. And I'm reminded of last season because we get to the end and I honestly can't even remember anyone's names anymore. But the cute blonde yogi girl who went on a pretty massive competition run to end season 43. I forget her name. Tess, Annabelle, Angelica, whatever. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Um, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could look this up. <laughs> you but, think I remember who was on this season of Survivor? No, I don't. No. <laughs> like some of the people showed up for the final tribal. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I ever saw this man before in my life. Cassidy, Cassidy, Cass. Cass, sure. That's why I wanted to say Tess. She kind of was playing like a low-key game. And then I think she, in addition to, you know, beginning to play more strategically as the season went on, went on a bunch of comp, had a bunch of comp wins towards the end. And she gives her speech. And I'm like, this is, this is it. She was, she's winning this game. And she got like one vote. (laughs) And... I thought so much, and I'm not disappointed at all. Jam Jam is an iconic, iconic great. Survivor winner. Yeah, I'm not winner. disappointed either. 
I also, I'm just watching this and I, I didn't think Heidi had it at all. I thought Heidi, uh, Heidi's great. Heidi has been a bready all-star yeah, all season has. long. She has. All right. Yeah. But that's not, why I think you'd be team Danny as well in thinking this. I she's just a thought robbed. she, I didn't think she was going to win. I thought she was going to win, you know, after she wins the fire. I'm like, I have a hard time seeing she's going to win. But I do have a feeling that the jury is relatively undecided and relatively split amongst these three. Maybe I'll give a slight edge to Heidi because of the recency bias of what has happened in the last two days and how strong of a game she's played literally in the final days. Right. And I thought Heidi did not have a good final tribal. I thought she came across as very desperate and she was clinging at a lot of straws. And we can get into the specifics there, but I could just sense from a vibes perspective, you know, when you're like hanging out with friends, maybe you're in a work meeting, maybe you're on a date and you can just sense that someone's like being a bit desperate and being a bit thirsty for an outcome. That was my sense from Heidi during that. And I could sense that the jury wasn't buying it. Meanwhile, I was struck by a moment of this episode. They're leading up into the final tribal and Carolyn is sitting there on the rocks and she's talking to the producer. And for the first time in 13 weeks, we hear the producer's voice again. And he's like, do you remember when we were doing this 26 days ago? And it's a callback to the very first moment of the season. The season opens up on a direct to cam with Carolyn. Our star. And she's like, what? How do I do this? The, mm-hmm. the, you know, and you hear the producer's voice being like, just tell us who you are or whatever. And she's being Carolyn. She's like, ah, I don't know. Ah. And in that moment, I'm like, this is it. This is the bookend of the season. This is the dramatic like this is the callback. Story. Yeah. This is the Carolyn season. Yeah. And they teased it to us from the first moment by giving us this very genuine moment between her and between the producers of the show. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. And Carolyn did get a vote. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't. Um, I found the final tribal tribunal um a little too focused on emotions. There were a lot of questions were like, and what was your emotional journey? (laughs) And I was like, I really don't care, actually. Um, There was just too many. And it'd be like, you know, Jam Jed would answer, Heidi would answer. And then Kane or someone would be like, but Carolyn, what about your emotional journey? And I was like, no, I was fine, actually. (laughs) Moving ahead to a different type of question. I don't care about anyone's journey. Right. I don't care. Yeah. Unless they're like, boy, I just got back from the airport. <laughs> My arms are tired. I, <laughs> I don't um, care. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about our trip back to the sanctuary? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, A trip so nice, they have, did it twice. <laughs> they did it fucking four times. <laughs> uh, I have some notes for season 45. Okay. Don't know if we need to do them now, but I think one of them is like... I think we might as well. Mean Girls meme. Stop, stop trying to make sanctuary a thing. It's not a thing. It's not going to happen. Okay. This little hut. I've seen huts for babies at Club Med nicer than the sanctuary. Cool. You you got four pillows, uh, pillars, <laughs> and a roof. You made a gazebo in the sand. 
where good things like stop trying to make where good things happen a yeah. thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what what's a good thing? I had lemonade that a fly has been like buzzing around for twenty minutes before yeah. I got there. Uh, I liked the season. I thought we had some really iconic characters. Next note for season forty-five, uh, and we've discussed we've discussed it. I think the season lacked a bit of it should be ramping up in the final five, six in the final half of the season. Mm-hmm. I felt like it took us forever to get to the individual portion of this game. And then once we did, we had another like two weeks of like, yeah, well, half of you are immune and uh, you have need to stand yeah. in your heads and spit nickels and then you'll be <laughs> immune. And just like the game is great when it's nine people who are, trying to cut each other's throat and they yes. have to stand on a log with one foot yes. for five hours. Yes, yes, yes. While Jeff is like, who wants cookies? <laughs> that is the best part of the show. <laughs> I and agree. The individual tribe, when it's tribes, that's fine. There's always the push and pull of, do we vote out the person who's the shittiest at challenges so we can continue to keep our tribe immune? Or do we get out a big threat now? Do we get out someone who's just plain old annoying, you know, Someone who's just untrustworthy. That's interesting for the first five episodes of the season. But by episode six or seven, get to individual game, get to emerged tribe, and stop doing weird twists. This isn't Big Brother. You guys are better than Big Brother. Sorry, I know we're the Big Brother podcast. Be better than Big Brother. Yeah. That's my note. Because we look at Big Brother as like um, the redheaded stepchild that we happen to love. Yeah. We're actually the biological parents of that redheaded stepchild. And so we love it. (laughs) Are we we abusive? I don't understand this. (laughs) Yeah. We love it, but yeah, we don't appreciate it. Well, no, we we love it, but um, we can admit that it has a lot of faults. Whereas Survivor is like the golden haired... Um, brawny football playing star, not, like not oldest of son of the family, the Colby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God damn it, Justin. <laughs> and so it's like when the Colby starts fucking up and acting like the redheaded stepchild, even if it wasn't like a one to one comparison, like dropping the ball, not being as tightly edited. Um, Yeah, throwing a bunch of weird twists that I'm sick of or plot diversions, whatever it may be. That's when we have to sort of come down on it a little bit. We have to get a little, we have to give a little more harsh notes and say, let's go back to the drawing board. Jeff, the reins are too loose, in my opinion. They need to tighten things up. Tighten up. Tighten the reins. I mean, are there are there other specific things we want to get into, like a like a, a TikTok of of the episode? Um, I, I to come back to Sanctuary, um, I don't know what the hell is wrong with these people. Who hears chocolate cake and is like, all right, and then carrot cake. <laughs> and is like, oh my fucking god! It's a very, it's a very older, like pe- old people love carrot cake. I'm just oh, I was it. afraid that this was like a Gen Z thing, and that like because like Carson's like twelve years old, right? You know, you know like, what I've thought I about while I was watching in her this 20s. episode. What's up? I was like, 
I don't remember what Carson's story is. <laughs> like He's a all. nerd. That's his story? He's Harry He's Potter? He's a nerd. <laughs> He's Harry Potter. He lives under the fucking stairs. I, yeah, I was just like, you know, everyone shares their story and gets time to throughout the season of like, here's why I'm here. My brother died or whatever it is, like something really usually it's something sad or it's like I overcame this other obstacle. I couldn't read until I was 30 or whatever it is. There's always something. But I was like, for the life of me, I cannot remember what Carson's story is. He's a nerd. He's really young. He's very scrawny. Like he put on. He put on some muscle mass before the show and weight before the show even started because he was like 125 pounds, right? you know, on the reg. And he's the one who – he 3D printed every puzzle. He's practiced yeah, yeah. everything. He he's you know, He's a NASA baby. I know – and I know he said that he practiced fire at home, but I actually got quite – I, I grew to like Carson a bit more as the season went on. I kind of started off being like, oh, my God, just stuff this kid's head in the toilet bowl. I can't, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to bully him. I don't know why. Yeah. I I definitely started to like him and appreciate him more as the season got went on. Um, you know, yeah, I, I actually too. think. Once he, once it, sorry. Once it became clear he wasn't going to backstab Carolyn and Jam Jam. Because at first I was like, he's evil. He's going to throw them under the bus. But yeah, when it became clear thought. they were really, truly a trio. And he actually genuinely loved and respected Carolyn. I was like, he won me over for sure. Yeah, I, I had the same fear at the beginning because he was kind of wheeling and dealing with he's a lot devious. of people. And I thought he was, I thought he was going to turn on them. But actually he didn't. Um, I, what the, what the hell was I saying? Uh, I. You wanted to stuff his head into oh, a yeah. toilet, but I, now you love him. And I don't love I don't love Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> I hate Harry Potter. And I I just thought as he is struggling making a fire, even though he said he was practiced the fire as much at home as all the other 3D printed puzzles and, and challenges, I just thought, man, you can practice every puzzle as much as you can. But if you like don't have a mastery of the elements of nature, mm, yes. Sorry, but you can't 3D print fire. And that, that's all I thought. And I thought it was actually a pretty like uh like it was like a literary comeuppance for him that like yeah. he so he destroyed every puzzle in this game because he practiced them so much and he took advantage of technology, he took advantage of all of this prep that you could do that I don't know if you'd call cheating, but it's like way above and beyond what anyone else would do going on a survivor. But when it came to the elements, when it came to building a fire, the most core element of this show, he couldn't do it. Yeah. It's very like, what is survivor? Is it man versus nature? Is it man versus man? Is it man, man versus Jeff? Man versus self. Yeah. Man, man versus, versus God. I. <laughs> Man versus Jeff. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Um, but to be fair, he did pretty well, actually, at the fire. It just so happens that Heidi was like the fastest of all time. Yeah. It brought me back to that one season. I have no clue what season. Sorry. But it was two women who were doing the um, the fire and they just could not get it lit. And at one point, Jeff had to give them matches. <laughs> I just watched. I just watched one. <laughs> Jeff I think was this was so like. Mad. This was, I think this was like blue collar versus white collar versus no collar where these guys were – it was like sad and emasculating and these guys were just like – and it and the and they had the timer going on the bottom 
like it didn't have like an active counting timer, but every once in a while they would just show like 25 minutes. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jeff, I broke my flint. Can I have another one? Yeah. And like <laughs> both these guys went through like two machetes and two flints and could barely do it. And I think it went like 45, 50 minutes, this entire thing. And I was like, oh, how a mask. And it was like two guys too. And there's like okay. a whole like emasculating factor about it. It's like. I'd say the motion of it is similar to maybe something else. And there's like this, like you have this motion of this man, I'm sorry, doing, doing this repeatedly yeah. and being like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And like, that's uh, you know, there's something that's, I don't know. There's something like really <laughs> brutal about that. I'm not trying <laughs> yeah. to like make this like overly sexual or anything. It's just like there is, but there is, whether it's fire, whether it's like, Again, Life. like sexuality, whether it's like <laughs> performance, masculinity, femininity, there's all these really core things about being yeah. alive, about being a human being, touching the sand, touching so the true. dirt, touching the leaves, looking at the sky. There's something so elemental about this. Survivor, oh, more like it? aliver. Oh, go play with your little <laughs> rockets, little rocket boy. <laughs> Maybe you can make a fire on Mars. Yeah. And to be clear, neither Brett nor I know how to make a fire. <laughs> we would not do well. I have a lighters. I have a lighter. Oh my gosh, exactly. Or I'd like there's a button you can push with certain fireplaces. And, that, yeah. and that's how I would start a fire. No, or you, like, you have the lighter with the long the long yeah, sure. thing. You know, you sure, do sure, that. Sure. Or the long matches. Do you have a firework uh, fi a fireplace growing up? We did. Yes. Do you have the long matches? The box of matches that are like 18 inches long? Um, I don't remember. I think we maybe used regular matches, but I also remember like I was never good at doing it because I always was just like, throw the paper in there. Let's light the paper and then see what happens. <laughs> Even though I always like the lighter fluid part of it. And I, I certainly, I remember going camping many times and being like, I think we need more lighter fluid. And then my hamburgers tasted like, um, chemicals. Mmm, mm, char. Cool. Charred hamburgers. <laughs> I wouldn't call but it charred. I would call it more chemically burnt. I can't imagine you camping. I love camping. You do? I haven't been in a while. Yeah. I haven't been like really camping in probably like 10 years. I've been lots of music festival camping, which is... Doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, no. fires. That's more about... That's that's true survivor. Yeah. True survivor. That's true. Out in the elements. Not sleeping. Consistent. Yeah. Living off peanut butter and jelly. Being right. stinky. But you know you can get all. I'll, I'll say one thing in favor of true camping these days mm -hmm. is you can get the craziest gear that looks so fun, and it'd be so fun to buy all this gear and use it once. And I wouldn't carry it obviously, and no. I'd rent a car and I'd drive to the campsite and I would unload directly at the campsite and maybe I'd go for one little walk around yeah. the lake. But then I'd come back to the campsite where my car is. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. I go car camping. Okay. Yeah. I. There are people. Trust me, when you live on the West Coast, you are a single gentleman or gentlewoman. There's a lot of people who like either are or are performatively like hiking, camping people. Yeah. And every picture on their dating thing is like they have the stove and the backpack strapped on and they're walking into the, the forest. The stove, yes. And they're like, be my life partner in doing this. <laughs> it's like... No, thank no. you. No. <laughs> I'll watch Survivor. <laughs> I love to go camping if my car is like 20 feet away. Right. I'll go for a little hike during the day. I mainly want to hang out 
with people who are my friends, people who I love, have some hot dogs, have a couple beers and like sit and look at the stars rather than look at a TV. That is nice. Sleep in a tent for one or two nights. No problem. Two nights is two nights is fine. Like, and then an hour later I could like be at a Denny's and like use yeah, a regular exactly. bathroom. You can get a like, real, yeah, yeah, exactly. Get a real hot meal. We're just not the, we're the watch it on the comfy couch type of people with a little pint of haagen Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Some Ben and Jerry's. I'm, I'm Actually, crushing no. Y'all. Even though I support Ben and Jerry's as a company, I, every time they have a response to like a brutality in the world, I'm usually like, wow, good job, Ben and Jerry. And aren't they like pro-union? Like there's this union yeah, they're like at Ben and Jerry's. Bernie Sanders were ice cream. Yeah, exactly. So I support that, but... At the end of the day, the flavor of haagen is better. So I support yeah. Europe <laughs> more well, so. Well, I mean, Ben & Jerry's is – I don't even know if you had the ice – like the things with Ben & Jerry's – such a great Survivor finale pod, by the way. <laughs> the thing with Ben & Jerry's is they just throw shit in there. It's like Cold yeah, Stone. Yeah, they do. That's they go to me. Cold Stone and they're just like throw a bunch of shit in here and we're going to package it up. The reason you go to Ben and Jerry's is because it has so many toppings and things. I'm crushing this pint right now of some sort of peanut butter thing. There's like chopped up Reese's peanut butter cups inside of it and it's peanut butter ice cream. It's like great. Yeah. But if you took all the stuff out of it, I don't know if the ice cream would be at the same level one-to-one with Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs is obviously clearly the best solid ice cream. Right, but they don't mess with too many toppings. It's flavor. Maybe there's some chocolate chips in there. Maybe there's like some uh, like a swirl of some kind in there. Maybe there's some like frozen cherries in there. Whoa. That's it. <laughs> I love <laughs> my top ice cream is Haagen Dazs coffee. Yeah, coffee That's is it. so good. Just plain, huh. plain cream with a little coffee flavor. But I do love Ben and Jerry's as well. But like Ben and Jerry's is like. I'm I'm about to eat some I'm about to eat some physical stuff because there's going to be like it's, gummy bears and Reese's cups yeah, inside this stuff. There's a lot stuff. going on. It's rough terrain, honestly. As we get older, it's roughage. It's roughage. <laughs> it's more. It's more of like a fibrous sort of ice cream. It's like an entire ecosystem in that ice cream. Yeah, yeah. it's just not. I can't handle it anymore. I think they're age. both really good, but at different things. <laughs> Um, I, I, so uh, Carolyn, our star lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was sad. I mean, I, it's okay. I understood. I understood. I, I thought okay. she made a good case, but she didn't win anything. Like she did win from Sia. We had a comment talking about how Sia gives her Sia survivor awards, which is she just like pays. <laughs> she just gives. She's just like, I'm rich. Exactly. I'm, yeah. She gives so she contestants gave- money. Yeah. So, and last year it was weird. Sia was quiet. Sia was like, Sia was, went dark. Sia, Sia went not, dark. Yeah. Sia saw Gabler and was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> but this season, she came out of her hidey hole and she bequeathed quite a large amount. She gave Carolyn 100K. 
She gave Carolyn 100K. 100K is so much money to just give some random person you watch on TV. That's more than you get for winning Big Brother Canada. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The residuals from Chandelier must be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, does she even tour? No, she doesn't need to. Wow. She, She was on our... She was on... She did this. It's weird that we can't get this sort of access. But Sia did this on Pod Has a Robcast. And she did? <laughs> yeah. It was like it was like live. It was like a live video chat thing. But wow, Sia also was like true fan. clearly like just got out of the shower as well. Like that was the wildest <laughs> thing about it is like I didn't know who I was looking at. And then they said the name Sia. And I'm like. I know C's whole thing is like you don't even you know can, what the hell she looks it. like. Yeah. Yeah. But like see like she was just like a regular woman who had like gotten out of the shower five minutes ago. And she her should hair have was worn wet. her signature haircut so you couldn't see her face anymore. Yeah, if she were if she were looking like Wilson from Home Improvement, <laughs> I would know what she looks like better. I think it totally makes sense for her to go on that podcast to give this out. But I think we should try to make it our mission to get the b- biggest celebrity who is a Big Brother fan, to come on our podcast and bequeath some of their money. Yeah, Moynihan. <laughs> some that of their money. That actually is a good off. idea. Don't you think? And it doesn't have to be as much. It can be, you know, 30 bucks. 100 bucks. P.F. Chang's <laughs> gift certificate. Oh, my gosh. I saw a TikTok of the P.F. Chang CEO. I saw this one as well. And he's, he's like, like 29. <laughs> He's so young. Let me tell you, he has no problem eating Ben, ben and Jerry's. <laughs> he's yeah, eating the he's like, I get up at four in the morning. I go for an eight mile run and then I get all like, meetings and we talk about like the sales that happened yesterday at PF Chang. I'm like, and it's like, this kid? <laughs> hold on. Every single day you're like, not enough people had egg rolls on a Wednesday. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. What? I couldn't believe it. Brett and I are I'm, on I mean, the same algo, clearly. Obviously, the CEO of a major like restaurant chain. I, I mean, obviously, the sales are important. I just don't know. What do you do on Thursday if you're like, oh my god, we didn't sell enough honey chicken yesterday? Like, what do we like? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do if you're the CEO of PF Chang's? Other than like, be like, he looks like an amazing man. He's good looking. He's good looking. He's fit. He's like, he's, uh, he's awake for 20 he hours a day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he should. He would be great. Um, I, I don't know. I forget why I brought that up. But I'm he, just saying. He would be, to- so, he would be like, sorry, he would be like, you know, like when the, like the, the uh, athletes are on Survivor and it's like, yeah. hey, you, you look, you're like seven feet tall and super fit. Did you play football or something? And the guy, the person is always like, yeah, I played in college, but I work at a car dealership now. Like they always lie. <laughs> right. He would be like, yeah, I work at P.F. Chang's. <laughs> and people were like, oh, he's probably like a bartender or something like that. <laughs> I mean, there's something to the idea of, um, of like an undercover – CEO. I know there's been a show called Undercover Boss. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like <laughs> they're just like these 25-year-olds who happen to be CEOs of major American corporations. I think there's something there. I think there's something there. I I think we've explored the thing where it's like 
the CEO of Hertz like wears a fake mustache and fake glasses <laughs> and like has to work at like fucking Buffalo International Airport also, <laughs> for a day. I, We've seen that. That show. I'm so sorry, everyone, but we need to go down this a little Let's bit. Let's go. I don't care. This show was like pro corporation propaganda because it was like <laughs> yeah. it was like the boss is going to slum it and see. Look how great the boss is. The boss isn't afraid to see how hard the people are working. And then he meets he ine- and it's usually a he he inevitably meets a worker who's like fucking up a little on the job and has to like teach them a lesson and you're like they make minimum wage to work at fucking Bob's candle shop or whatever <laughs> <laughs> like the corporation Yankee yeah. Candle and they got the CEO in a mustache and fake glasses doing a straight to camera being like Cheryl left work early to pick up her kids because she says she's a single mom. But, you know, if the time card's supposed to be 5 p.m., it's supposed to be 5 p.m. And, and making it seem like she's the villain. Give me a break. It was such propaganda. It's co- you know what? Undercover boss is copaganda. It yeah. is. It is. And then they would do like, sometimes they would in the final reveal, like they'd bring the employees <laughs> to meet. Off the mustache. <laughs> yeah, they'd pull off the mustache. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> we thought you were just a, a poor person like us working minimum wage. And he's like, actually, I'm not. And I want to say oh, I'm really impressed with your work ethic. I'm going to give you a $3,000 scholarship, which we don't know what that party. means. <laughs> But then occasionally the CEO would fire someone. I've seen that too, where it's like, you know, they're working at PF Chang's or, you know, maybe it's more something a little bit more, not probably PF Chang's obvious customer facing, but something a little bit more like behind a counter or whatever, where it's just like, they're out of some way. And like, the person's like, yeah, here's how we make the tuna. It's fucking <laughs> bullshit. And like, uh, when people come in and ask for, uh, uh, for a toasted sandwich, just say the toaster's broken because it's like fucking bullshit. <laughs> I've seen those and that person gets fired or whatever. It, which is so crazy. It is so crazy. And this show managed to make us all go like, fuck that kid. <laughs> like, fuck that kid working minimum wage who just didn't want to toast up the bread for my sandwich for 30 minutes. Needed a 30 minute break. We're all like, screw that kid. Yeah, fire him. We love the boss. We want to be the boss. <laughs> it's like, I just think we all need to break free from that type of mindset. And I'm glad we're discussing well, it. Well, you pitched the idea of like some sort of CEO. But I want the level. CEO to CEO be actually survivor. humbled. See, yeah. yeah. CEO survivor. Go live in the woods. Yeah. Go. You know, don't work in customer service at your own business for one day. How about we take away all of your money and like release you out of prison and you have to like find a job and then realize, oh, wait, to even afford rent in the city that I live in, I need a second job. And like, yeah, exactly. Get be an Uber driver at night or whatever. Force them to do that. Or what I was going to suggest more of some sort of like CEO battle royale, actually, you know, sign some contracts, limit the liability of CBS. If CEOs die, they die, you know, whatever, like put them in the sort of pit of despair, put some weapons in there, put some venomous animals in there, let them fight it out. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Matt May says Undercover Boss's Hooters episode was something else. And it's still on. As yeah. of May 25th, 2023, Undercover Boss has not been canceled or renewed for a 12 season. So 12, only 12. I feel like the show has been on for like 30 years. We're living in, in purgatory. We need to know. <laughs> What was the Hooters episode? Was it like an adult? Was it like a 65-year-old man? Oh, God. Like becoming a Hooters waitress? I can't believe this show hasn't been on as many seasons as Survivor. Writer's strike. We know we're getting an undercover <laughs> yeah, boss season know. this fall. Um, I have something. Yeah. Sorry, okay. it's not Survivor. Okay. Have you seen a trail, the CBS trailer for Elsabeth? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so good because it's from the universe of The Good Wife. <laughs> is it? Is yes. she a good wife? Is Elizabeth a good wife character? She's a beloved good wife character. Oh she's my gosh. like, she, she, she comes in, she's a good lawyer. So we love her because she comes in and she's so kooky. And then in the courtroom, she's a killer and you don't see it coming because she's so kooky. Okay. So I saw this trailer and I was like, what the hell? I know. Am I watching? And it's, I thought, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean here. I thought they were like trying to good doctor like a CBS lawyer show. And it was it was like so weird and yeah. unclear. The premise of the show is like, is she just super weird? Like, Yeah, she's just a kook. And then the other, my other favorite thing happened, which is we know, first of all, all right. Speaking of shows that have been canceled, R.I.P., yeah. East New York, a.k.a. the show <laughs> where Jimmy Smith says, welcome to East New York. <laughs> the end of the trailer for Elizabeth, um, Wendell Pierce, who's like the no-nonsense like police captain, right. and he's like, welcome to New York. Yeah, because... CBS <laughs> needs to end every promo with, welcome to New York. I know. And at first I was like, wait, wasn't Good Wife set in New York? But it wasn't. It was set in Chicago. But it's like, it's not like oh, she's Elizabeth moving from moves a, to New York. Yeah. It's not like she's coming from like a small town. She's a little podunk, fell off the turnip truck. Chicago is also a big city with its own city issues. The second city. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Elizabeth is very like all about Steve Coded. If you remember the Sandra Bullock, Bradley Cooper film. Actually, I do not. Okay, well, Sandra Bullock plays, like, again, I haven't seen the movie, but I remember the trailers and how mad everyone was about it and how it flopped big time. She's this woman who's, like, a crossword puzzler, and she falls in love with Steve, who's um, a camera guy <laughs> for local news or something. She starts following him around. Um, yeah. So it, that's that's how it's, oh, like, it she's is. kooky. She's just... Oh, I remember... She's incredibly kooky. Yeah, she's just very she's incredibly kooky. There's, kooky. No, there's no like, there's nothing subscribed to the kookiness. It's not like a medical condition or anything. That's what I felt like. I was just wondering, like, I, I wasn't sure because I am not familiar with the Elsabeth <laughs> cinematic universe. If like she was supposed <laughs> to be like differently abled of some sort. No, like, she's I, not. I, I don't know. It was she's just, normal. it was weird. I just, I don't know. I am not up to date on The Good Wife, The Good Fight, anything. Oh, I'm so up to date. I need Sorry. to read. I need to read. Matt May did some research for us. Okay, Thank this you. is from 2010. When, 
When Kobe Brooks, president and CEO of Hooters, goes undercover in his own company, he finds himself struggling to keep up in a fast-paced kitchen and is later forced to take immediate action when a restaurant manager steps out of line. Steps out of line how? And what's the immediate action? Danielle, we're about to have uh, like a solid, uh, that's the other news. We're about to have a solid two months before Big Brother starts. So maybe maybe we'll watch this Hooters episode and we'll do a recap. We should watch, honestly, the most insane like horrible shows from this generation, like 2010. It's like To Catch a Predator. Kid Nation. Kid Nation. Um, undercover Boss. What Would You Do? Do you remember the show? What Would You Do? Yeah, where it's just like, where some like investigative journalist is like at a restaurant and like, <laughs> they, like they have a plant actor who like slaps the, the waiter across the <laughs> face and then like... <laughs> The cameras like kind of go hunting around the restaurant and see what the other patrons do. And it's like, but they keep changing it. So it's always like, it's like, well, what would you do if the waiter was a child? <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you do if the waiter was a dog? And then they show like a little like woo woo and then they slap the dog. And it's like, it's always these reaction shots of patrons, like more often than not, not getting involved. But every once in a while, some freaking schmo is like, hey, hey. Maybe don't hit the dog. And then, then they <laughs> and bust like, out. Oh, the See, America <laughs> exactly. is good after all. A heroes heroes still walk among us. It is the craziest show. I mean, that show. It was always the same formula. And then it was always like, if you saw someone, yeah, like yelling at his girlfriend, would you intervene if she was like XXL, would you intervene if she was super skinny? Would you intervene if she was old? Like, it's always like these different options of like, how far can we push it until you people finally step up? This is disgusting. (laughs) I know. It is disgusting. We, the reality, and this is how bad it's going to get with a writer striking. We're going to get a bunch of slop and we're going to have to sift through it. Um, do we have anything else to say about Survivor? <laughs> I mean, we've 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 really flown so far. I actually have a couple tarmac. other notes. We'll, okay. we'll get, can we talk about the the finale or not the finale? The the recap show, the like hangout show. Oh, the round, yeah, the afterwards. Yes, we can because at one point Matt Blankenship says that he and Franny have more chemistry. Than like an atom bomb or something. <laughs> what did he say? He was like, he was like, our chemistry is so off the charts. And then they both just laughed maniacally. They're both just laughing so much. Clearly they're in love. And that's great. Also, they like have just been sitting in a Fijian resort together, yeah. like naked. They're loved up. What else They've are you gonna do? Poochie poochie. Yeah. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> Yeah, so that happened. Like, everyone kind of knew that was going to happen. Good for them, I guess. I mean, I hate anybody who, like, falls in love. love. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for you. Anytime I'm on, like, TikTok, so many TikTok, people are always, like, narrating their shit or, like, Instagram, whatever video. And they're like, my boyfriend said this. I'm like, once I hear, like, boyfriend, spouse, wife, husband, girlfriend. I literally stop. I literally don't want to care what anyone's significant other ever did to anybody because I'm like, fuck you. 
<laughs> Good thing the P.S. Chang CEO is single, baby. Oh, we, oh. <laughs> maybe we're the new disgusting brothers. Bro out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you guys can bro out. I actually don't know if that's a fact. Um, I think honestly, I saw He's the a first. Catch. He's such a catch. <laughs> just like, I think I was so disgusted that he was so young and the CEO of P.F. Chang's of all things that I just was like, I can't even watch this. I have to go away and watch something else. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> um, I have an idea for a CBS show. Yeah. And so does, so does Jam Jam. Okay. Jam Jam and Carolyn are married. And somehow they do not. And as this is this is Jam Jam's words, mm -hmm. they realize after they get married that he is of a different persuasion, and then they adopt Carson. Some and they adopt Carson. Why, why right. isn't this a show? This is a Paramount Plus show. I think. I love Jeff it. said so. I love it. We can call it Pyros Unite. There was a lot of talk about being a pyro, and we got questions and comments about like how someone. I think it was Phil. I think. Um, Twin star Phil. Who knew Jeff was such a pyromaniac? He was so thrilled during the fire competition. He's thrilled during every competition, to be fair. But he, Jeff's face literally, yes, lit up during anything fire related. But Jam Jam also said he was a pyromaniac. Jam Jam was great. Like, Jam Jam was great at making fire. He was just like, done. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Um, Philip G in the chat says, Jam Jam and Carolyn are a sh for sure lock for Amazing Race. I need to see Carolyn parachuting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Just screeching, TV gold. just screaming the entire time. Absolutely. Yeah. Casting is an art. And when you find a gem, when you find someone like Carolyn and Jam Jam, these are people you don't let leave TV. Like you plug them in because it just makes your life so much easier. Like, uh, I need to find two less people because I already got them. We'll plug them into Amazing Race. Hey, put them on Big Brother. We'll bring them for another season of Survivor. Uh, um, undercover boss, we'll get them a job at the deli. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Just like make sure they're there. It's so once you find them, you stick with them. I support this. They're great. They're great television. I agree. There were. Can we talk about Carson a little bit? Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. A couple things. I don't think anyone's called it out to us, but I've seen a lot of people. Carson was, uh, I would say, pretty active during the final tribal council. And he seemed to be, like, giving hand signals and, like, kind of, like, coaching Carolyn and Jam Jam a bit. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. Um, I, You know what you should do? You should just... Go pop in the VHS and watch the full three-hour finale again. No, but like if you check out, people are pointing out clips of this. It's probably it's not hard to find. But like Carson was just like very, say so he's a very active listener in uh -huh. this stuff. And there was just a lot of times where like, you know, Carolyn or James Jam would be talking, and it would be cutting back to the jury. Yeah, and you know, Kane is asking a question, Jamie's asking a question, whatever, and Carson is just like, and he's like, kind of just like. Giving him like, yeah, speed it up. No, like so like the, giving him like a couple hand signals, like like giving him pointing out numbers, like holding up a three sign. This it was really interesting. And then the other thing that was really weird with Carson is at one point in the finale or in the round table, Jeff asked Carson a question, and it cuts to this super tight close-up of Carson's face with the camera 
right in front of his face. And it looks super weird. And when you cut back to the wide crowd, the camera isn't there. So clearly, whatever his first answer was, either sucked or like a plane flew overhead or like (laughs) a jungle cat came out, something like that. If the jungle cat came out, that should have been in the episode. They had to have him redo his answer. And I felt how they did it really sucked. It was just really, it was like really apparent and bad. And I just like, I like catching bad editing. And I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah. It's always fun. It feels like an Easter egg. And so many things are no longer like, not secret, but like, if you noticed it, usually hundreds of thousands of others have already noticed it and are making memes about it and da, da, da. So it's fun to find something that truly feels like, oh, I noticed that. Whenever you're watching anything, Remember that you're watching it on um, television or on your computer or on your phone because a camera is there. And when it's a professional looking thing, TV show, movie, cameras are fucking huge. They don't use an iPhone. I know iPhone. I know Apple's like, you can shoot a movie on an Apple phone. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Steven Soderbergh can and like nobody will, nobody will watch it. We love we love Stevie Soderbergh. We love Stevie Soderbergh. Just imagine <clears throat> where your poor perspective is. There is a fifteen pound box, <laughs> and then there is a fucking two hundred pound man standing there holding <laughs> it. Like so, just imagine, and, and it drives me nuts in commercials. Like lots of commercials have this sort of faux hidden camera look to it. There's uh-huh. this one for. Um, WhatsApp right now it's been it drives me crazy because the presentation of it is like it's a hidden camera in a some sort of shipping store and people are kind of having this crazy reaction to the clerk and it's shot like it's a hidden camera thing but it's like but it's not there's a giant camera right next to this person's face yeah. So they're an actor and they know that there's cameras there. It drives me crazy. It's the officeification, the modern family of commercials. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And people <clears throat> like pranks and stuff. And people love so lots of this stuff is like recreating the aesthetic of a prank or a hidden camera. And I think subconsciously people begin to not tell the difference and they just assume that, oh, yeah, these are not actors. And if it's like, performed in a sort of very, very naturalistic sort of way. Oh, shit, this commercial isn't a commercial. Trying to sell they were anything? Fucking yeah. Doing a prank on some people. <laughs> and I loved it. And I'm going to go buy that thing. Um, we got a question in the in the chat. Did we ever get an explanation as to why Jam Jam is pronounced Jam Jam? Well, I have to live the rest of my life not knowing. I don't think we did get it. I think it's just how it's pronounced. I think he is Puerto Rican and... Obviously, people speak Spanish there, and while we use the same alphabet, they have some bonus letters, though. They have mm. the Enye. They have the yeah. two L's, which is one letter. Obviously, things are pronounced differently. Like, a G is pronounced differently. Like, you know, so it's yeah. different, you know. you Like, if you see letters in German and French or whatever, they have different sounding pronunciations than English, I even though the alphabet is the same. I took a Spanish class like four years ago, and it was so fun, but I, it was so hard. I, and but you I only know took French, the one though, class. don't you? I do know French. How, like, how French, how much French do you know? Je sais comment parler français, okay? So like, 
like 10? Like I know how to speak French. I can oh, speak you're, French. So you're I like can a fluent French, French speaker. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I know you speak French. I didn't know if you were like. But I have a bad. I don't accent. know if you were like Donde está la biblioteca or like. No, no. Because I went to a French school. I'm like truly Canadian in that way. But is it? But like, I, the kind of structure of French versus Spanish is very similar. Obviously, the. It's similar, Words but there are, are enough different, differences. Like, and yeah. the problem is, is because I speak French, I kept wanting to s- pronounce things <laughs> in, a yeah. sp- in a French way. And um, I kept like thinking it would be more like French than it is. So mm, it, was, gotcha. it was tricky. And then I only took the one class. So I, my brain stopped growing. I Do really you- am trying to, I, I really went through a phase where I was trying to make my brain grow and I uh, since has have stopped <laughs> and I'd like to get back into it. You're just at this point, you're just like, I'll just try to keep make this baby's brain grow. Yeah, pretty much. I'm out. Um, 306 in the Discord wants to know, to deal with the WA strike, CBS looks into their backlog of concepts from other shows and decides to run BB Winners at War for this season. Who's first out? Who's in the final two chairs? Who does something stupid and gets ejected? People love, like, love picturing Big Brother scenarios with people coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. It's like people. everyone's favorite question. Um, I think Winners um, at War. I would say. Yeah. Enzo, oh wait, no, Enzo hasn't won. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> no. gotten close a couple of times. I think, Final let's just, do, should Cody. we just say that all 26 are there? Roughly? Yeah, they're all there. They're all there. I think two people are your possible first boots. I think Josh Martinez, who we love, because yeah. he is a bit unbearable as a person. <laughs> And I, I think he might just like piss off people and like go really hard into like the meatball stuff and like yeah. be, <laughs> being abrasive, which like won him the game. It was like so perfect. Love it. And then my other thought would be Derek because Derek is like a fucking cop and everybody is like this guy's yeah. Derek is so fucking good at Big Brother and so good at manipulating people. I mm-hmm. just think that the the baggage of like the Derek persona post Big Brother, he has a show on like Discovery.tv or like That's cop like about TV where he's like <laughs> yeah. sort of like, yeah, this is like the true undercover cop <laughs> technique sort of thing. Like he's built this little like he's built this little life for himself being like a master manipulator cop guy. I think yeah. people would come in and be like, this guy is too fucking good and too poisonous of like a talker that I just can't even, I can't have him around because he's going to wipe the floor with me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would say, I well, along the same veins, I think Xavier would go really far and maybe be in the final chairs again. Mm. He's just so, he's so good at diffusing drama. Same with Derek, I guess. Like, and that's why I don't love, I like Xavier better. He was a little more fun, but they're both very boring players. They like anytime a fight's about to break out, I just remember Xavier like cooling it down and getting everyone all calm and to be friends again. And I was like, no. Um, so I think he would make it far again. You know who else I think would make it far again? Our girl, Nicole Franzel. Oh my God. I think she would. I think she's genuinely very good at this game. And people don't want to hear Are you really going to vote me out? Oh, oh no, please. I think she's a good big brother player. Do you Who would think, go first? Do you I, think you know Nicole gonna... Franzel would 
dump Victor on the spot and like find a new like man toy. Maybe, but they have kids now. So that changes things. Who cares? <laughs> I are yeah, I think they have do they have more than one? I'm not sure. But um who's first out, I would say there's a, a lot. I'm looking at the list of winners. Mike Bogie first out. Dick Mike Donato like, first out. Mike Bogie needs Jasinski. to be first out of prison or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like a felon or something like that. Yeah. First out. And then who does something stupid and get ejected? Uh, Mike Boogie, ejected. Dick Donato, ejected. Adam Jasinski, dejected, rejected, ejected. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of options. Do you, know run- do you know You know who's going to win? You know who I think is going to win? Who? You guys! Oh. <laughs> Casey. Casey is the most... <laughs> yeah, because everyone's going to forget she's there. Yeah, exactly. She does well um, at comps and like, she's like a comp beast and every time she wins, people are like, well... I I didn't deserve to win that one, and I'm not going <laughs> to hold it against her. I'm not going to consider yeah. her a copy. Do you want me to answer your question, Brett Raider? Sure. Well, so, well, actually, I I uh, I want to know, Danielle, yeah. are you taking yeah. your young daughter to see The Little Mermaid? No. 2023. Hell no. You know why? Because my child is under two. That means okay, that's the cutoff. she can't sit still for more than 30 seconds without screaming or like she needs to move. She just learned how to walk. So she wants to move all the time. So there's no way I'm taking her anywhere where she has to just sit for how long is Little Mermaid? It's probably three and a half hours. Oh, my God. So, no, I will not be taking her there. <laughs> yeah, Disney Disney's like, hey, we should do a kids movie, but it's like uh, four hours long. And it's, um, <laughs> It'd be great if I could just like dark. leave them there. Leave the kid Everyone's at the dark, theater. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, there's like a 20-minute like speech from Lin-Manuel Miranda in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. There's no way. Well, they just released like the, the came out today. Um, do you know the, do you know, I, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was The Little Mermaid. My parents took me in 1989. That's so cute. Uh, So I imagine lots of kids are going to see this movie this weekend. And uh, they already loved it. Maybe it's why I'm like a bit afeard of the deep sea, a bit afeard of tentacled creatures. And uh, I I do not like the open, I do not like the sea (laughs) to this day. Um, You don't want to live under the sea. No. Not with that, Sebastian. <laughs> down where it's better, down where it's wetter. They released uh, the soundtrack to it this weekend. And in addition <laughs> to all the songs you'll know and love, there's a bunch of like stupid new songs with like Lin Manuel Miranda and Aquafina. And I'm like, what the fuck are we Aquafina's listening to? like talk singing. And my, and it's, my friend the, the, Jason tweeted out, uh, you know, this, uh, this link to the song. And he was just like, oh my God, basically this song is going to destroy parents' minds for the next month in the same way that we don't talk about Bruno or whatever. So I don't think away. so. I don't think it sounds like a hit. It doesn't it have doesn't. a really good melody or anything. And it's Scuttle, Scuttle's song, Scuttle the Seagull. And it's, called scuttlebutt and that is just not it's just not what kids want kids don't it care has, about a bird i'm sorry they it don't. has lynn manuel's fingers all <laughs> over it and i don't people love that guy's stuff not me let me tell you right now here are who the a-lists are for kids mice dogs cats they do not care about birds at all at all the z-list animal Make those birds angry. 
You got a <laughs> now <movie>. we're talking. <laughs> That's Hollywood, baby. Thank you all for your questions and comments and for joining us in the chat. Oh, we got a good chat today. Um, y- listen, what are we going to watch what, now? We're okay, going to we'll figure come it up. out. Okay, here's the deal. I know you're trying to leave. Uh, here's the business. This is the last pod for two weeks. No pod next weekend. Brady's unavailable. Yeah. Pod the week after that. Pod, but no video. No live stream. No YouTube. No video. Pod only. Because... Brady's going to the six. Brady is going to be in Toronto and we're going to pod. It's going to be an in person pod. Maybe we'll post a picture or whatever, but I'm not doing the, we're not doing the live stream of it. So enjoy a week off from us. We will maybe, maybe we'll watch something in advance and discuss it on the pod. Uh, But we'll be back in two weeks on the pod, three weeks on video. Anything else? That's all. Everyone think about any Canadian recommendations you want to give to Brett while he's in the city, the big Canadian city. Um, We got one. (laughs) The Canadian, downtown Canada. Um, Thank you all for listening. Join our Discord. Send us questions and comments. Hey, Julie BB on Twitter. Email us. Hey, Julie, big brother at gmail.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. Goodbye, Jeff, for many, many months. (laughs) 